This is the Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers. When the best of me is barely breathing, when I'm not somebody I believe in, hold on to me. When I miss the light, the night is stolen. When I'm slamming all the doors you've opened, hold on to me. Hold on to me. Hold on to me. Jackie Scully is an experienced history psychology teacher. She is the creator and host of the Teacher's Story. This podcast features her own story and teachers' interviews. Jackie wants to elevate teachers' voices and others in education to the highest. Her goal is to put them at the forefront of the education reform movement. She is also the co-founder of the Teacher's Circle on LinkedIn. This informative platform is a global community that supports teachers in these difficult, ever-changing times. Since 2022, Jackie has embarked on a new journey and has restored her relationship with God. Her new spiritual walk has brought her life and elsewhere peace like never before. Here today with Jackie Scully. So great to have you, Jackie. Appreciate you coming on the show. You seem like a very empowering woman. That's why I figured I'm going to pick this woman and see what she's all about to see if she could help other women be more empowering. And I'm just going after your goals and and dreams, right? Is that what your life is all about? Absolutely. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. It's my pleasure. When I see women like you, I think, wow. This is what we should show our daughters. You know, this is what we should show our nieces and our little cousins. Because when I think about empowering other women and girls, I think about what lions do in the wilderness. They don't tell their cubs, "Hey, this is how you kill a deer to eat and survive." They show them. Right, so that's how they begin to take care of themselves and go out into the world and survive. Right? There's no, hey, come on, look, I show you how to kill this deer. You know, it's none of that. So I think if we could show our girls how to be empowering women, how to be sufficient women, how to be independent, motivating women, I think we've got to show them. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Tell me, who is Jackie Scully? Well, I would say, you know, first and foremost, just like you were introducing, I feel like I learned so much from my own mother and grandmother, and I feel like a very empowered woman. 
I'm a teacher, I'm a wife, a dog mom, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm a, a community builder and friend to so many. My biggest role in, in community is being a teacher. I went into teaching when my dad kind of inspired me through his storytelling. So really, teaching came to me through storytelling. My dad would often share his historical facts and wonders about the world. He has a National Geographic collection that I would read these magazines. And I was always into diving in deeper into learning about not only history, but so many people around the world. So he was my greatest inspiration to be a teacher and just so connected with him. And actually, I just got off a leading a trip, a student trip to Germany. And one of the places my dad always wanted to visit is Germany. So I'm hoping maybe one day to, to take him there. Just filled with so much history. So I'm a history and psychology teacher. I teach high school. And I've taught in many different schools, many different states. And I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I started out in Pennsylvania. I went to Westchester University. Um, and then I was recruited and taught in Hawaii for five years. And I love that experience because I met so many different kids from all over, not only Hawaii, but different places in the Pacific and learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about being an outsider and needing to really work at being accepted into community when you're not naturally part of that community. And that was a huge life lesson. I taught in Pennsylvania, Delaware, and now I'm in New Jersey. And I'm in Southern New Jersey. I teach at a independent school. It's a Quaker school, so we're a friend's school. And I taught in public and charter and other religious schools, but I really like teaching at the Quaker school because one of our parts of our culture is meeting for worship. And every Wednesday, we sit in community as a whole school for 40 minutes and meeting for worship is just sitting in silence. And then if the spirit speaks to you or something speaks to you, you stand and you talk about whatever comes to you that you want to bring to the community. And I found that has been something I've really enjoyed about the school setting and I've used in my daily life. So yeah, that's just been kind of my journey. And now I'm on this journey of supporting other teachers and really being an advocate for teachers and the education system and seeing how we can make it as best as possible. We've gone through a lot of challenges before and during the pandemic. Of course, we see it still in society today. Unfortunately, it was so many school shootings and student mental health, schools that it's, you know, a system that's inequitable, right, across the country. So it's a really big passion of mine. And I think my life's work to support teachers, support the education system, and share those, those voices and those ideas, because often teachers feel like no one really is there to listen to what they have to say. And I, I know yeah. quite a few that have left their profession because of how heartbroken they've been in being in systems that don't work. Yeah. And you're so right about that. I have two points. One, I, I met a guy when I bought a car and he said to me, oh, yeah, this is a great job. Because I said, do you like your job? He said, yeah, I, I really do. He goes, I used to be a teacher. I said, what? He goes, yeah, one, it didn't pay enough. Two, there were so many restrictions. And three, you're afraid every day to lose your job because you told the kids, sit down with your finger and get over there. And there's so many things that you could do to lose your job. 
And I thought, wow, how the heck does that happen? You're there, you're helping kids, you're motivating them, and then you're afraid to lose your job? Like, that's crazy. And the other thing I noticed when you were talking about when you went to Hawaii, tell me if I'm right or wrong, you had a chance to soul search, huh? Mm-hmm. You had a absolutely. chance to, to see who Jackie was, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a place that's very spiritual in its history, mythology. I, I had the opportunity to teach Hawaiian history, which was really neat. But it was a place that I did some soul searching. It was a time that really challenged me like mentally, spiritually, economically, so many ways. It was very isolating because I went by myself and I didn't really know anybody besides meeting other teachers there. And then I was there during the Great Recession of 2008. So that was another huge challenge and completely on my own. And then so many people were moving. I don't know. I just felt like I'm on this rock in the middle of an ocean by myself. (laughs) What am I going to do? I'm so glad I had that experience. Like it was definitely life changing. I wish that for everyone, not necessarily Hawaii. My opportunity was I traveled on a carnival. That sounds crazy, right? But Uh, it was fun. And I got a chance to soul search. I got a chance to find out who I was without all the noise. But it was great. I traveled and like you, I was all by myself. I got to know myself. So I do, I recommend that for anybody. If you could find a way to soul search and Mm -hmm. get an opportunity to do that, do it. Because a lot of people, sounds crazy, but people don't know themselves. I don't know if that sounds crazy. I think it does. But it's a fact. You have people and and they don't really know themselves because they've been a part of family or a job or a wife, you know, or a mother. And it's like they never got to learn the things that they like and don't like, you know. Mm -hmm. You're a psychologist, a history psychologist. Tell me what that job entails. Yeah, so I was a history teacher for so long and then I had the opportunity to teach psychology at the last school I was at in Delaware. And it was brand new. I never taught it before. Always interested in it because my dad was a social worker and had a lot of psychology background, worked with psychologists. And I dived right into it. And really, it's now this new passion of mine because it's so relevant to not only being a teacher, but also to students' lives. They see psychology in every aspect of their life like what we talk about connects to multiple subjects it connects to their own development as a teenager going through because I teach high school going through a transition into college or into adulthood and relationships with people and all their life lessons that they're learning so teaching it is easy because the students they just, they're into it. They're just really into it. And they're always going to him and haw about homework and tests and whatnot, mm-hmm. but they're genuinely into the conversations we're having. Mm-hmm. And we have some powerful conversations. Yeah. I mean, we had one at the beginning of the year. I do this journaling at the end of each week where we get off the technology because we've been on it for so long over the pandemic mm-hmm. and we write in journals. I give them like a pretty open prompt and we were doing lessons on social psychology. So some of the lessons had to do with talking about systemic racism and discrimination and stereotyping and all of that. And so the International Day of Peace in October, the theme this past year in 2022 was to end racism and build peace, right? And I, you know, start this lesson thinking, well, isn't that a lofty goal, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do we do do that? Like, how do do you do that? It feels like a beauty pageant 
yeah. response, like world peace and racism, right? Yeah. So we got to writing about it and just like really think about what you can do individually mm-hmm. to work on this goal. You need to be able to sit down with someone so different from you and listen to their story. And it starts with education, right? And listening to different perspectives. And then we got into the whole conversation about like, wow, you know, we want to be doing that in schools, but there's some places around our own country, I'm sure around the world where you're not getting the whole story, right? You're not getting all the perspectives. And so it kind of starts with that. Like it starts with the foundation of like, what are we being taught? And what are the perspectives that we're learning about? And And do we have diversity in our schools? Are we able to dive in and have these harder conversations and getting to know people? Because the beauty of America is diversity. And with that, there's also the responsibility and challenge, right? You know, like to be able to, to learn from other people, they, they go there, like the students go there. And so into it, so into it. And I love teaching that course because it gets them to really think about you know, life outside of just their own little world or just outside of like their school and like think more broadly. And um, and often they go off to college or whatever they do after school. And sometimes I'll get emails or they'll come back and visit and say, you know, what we learned in psychology, that was just so helpful then becoming 18 and becoming a young adult and bringing those lessons into like my everyday life. So I I love it. It's one of my favorite subjects. Well, I have a simple cure to racism. I mean, really, (laughs) it's pretty simple. Imagine this. You don't judge me. I don't judge you. Right. I mean, live and let live. I mean, when you assume that a person, regardless of their race or religion or social background, you make an ass out of yourself because you have no idea what that person's all about. You have no idea, but you're assuming because of the color of their skin or because of their religion. I'm guilty of it. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not perfect. I look at people and I go, hmm, I wonder if blah, blah, blah. But that's what we do. And if we would stop that, it would be a better world. One, because Mm -hmm. there'd be no racism. There'd be no, oh, what are they all about? I know they're blah, blah, blah. No, because you don't know people. If you knew that person and we, you dealt with them on an individual basis, that'd be the end of racism. I really yeah. believe it, right? Yeah, and I like what you said that I do it. I talk about this all the time in psychology. It is human nature human to nature. put things in the boxes because yeah. our brain can only handle so much. And when we study the brain and we study like memory and how we organize information, it's like putting files in a filing cabinet. Yeah. And so our natural brain response is to categorize. And with that is stereotyping. But when we learn about psychology and we could put terms to things that we are looking at, we can stop ourselves and say, wait, hold on. Why did I have that thought? Right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the, it's the slowing down and the pausing and not beating yourself up for being human, but then taking the responsibility of being human and saying, hold up, why do I have that thought? Let me like backtrack and do a little work and investigation, Mm -hmm. maybe asking questions. That's why I love podcasts. This podcast, I have a podcast. I listen to so many podcasts because often it breaks down barriers and people are just sharing their authentic selves. And I think it's the best way to 
information. It's way better than the media. <laughs> yeah. I remember I moved to a little town called Shenandoah, PA, and mm -hmm. it's near Pottsville, PA. It was so funny because my family was the only black people there. And I'm looking at them like, I bet you these people don't know how to fry chicken. And I'm thinking all kinds of things, you know. And I know they're looking at me thinking all kinds of things. But when it got down to it, they were the best people I had ever met. I mean, I didn't look at their race because that's how I was raised. But I didn't think about all those other things. I stopped those thoughts of, oh, maybe they want to lynch me or... <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. so I just stopped all those thoughts. And when I was able to do that and relax and get to know people for who they were, oh man, it it was the best 12 years of my life. It really was because mm -hmm. I, I got to know so many good people in this little small town that had camaraderie and team spirit. And I learned so many things like, we all should be rooting for our team, you know? And it was so great. But if I hadn't have done that, and I would continue those thoughts of, oh, maybe they don't like black people, or, you know, oh, what kind of people are these? Maybe they want to lynch me. I'm thinking all these things, if I would have continued those thoughts, I would have lost that opportunity mm. to get to know those great people. In fact, I did a video. It's on uh, YouTube. It's called Cover of a Book. Because when we look at people, like you said, it's human nature to assume who they are. And and if we would just stop that, yeah. I think I think that'd be the end of a lot of racism and hate and all kinds of stuff. I do. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think we do need to come from a place of genuine like care and grace for one another. Because I think mm -hmm. what's happened is sometimes we go so far the other way where then as soon as someone says something that could be a microaggression, that could be something maybe out of ignorance. If we go right to the impulsive aggression of why did you say that or where does that come from, then that elevates the aggression more so. So it's like we right. need to all to say, okay, maybe you just don't understand because you right. don't know where I'm coming from or where you're coming from. I had this in Hawaii. I had, I'm teaching Hawaiian history and Pacific Island studies two Hawaiian kids and kids from yeah. the Pacific. And they're yeah. looking at me as this white lady from Philadelphia, like, what the heck are you talking about? You don't know our people. I <laughs> yeah. get it. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to pause my lesson because I felt this tension. And I had to say, what don't we like know about each other? Like, let's start there before I'm going to come in as your teacher and start talking to you about your own history. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we did a couple of lessons on just getting to know each other. And I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just ask each other questions. Ask me any questions you want about my background, about where I'm from. Same to you. I told them I'm going to make mistakes. I might say some of these places wrong or names wrong. Please help me, guide me. Like I'm here to learn from you. And after we did that and started to open up and be a little bit more vulnerable, they were really curious like they were very curious to get to know who i was and as i was about them and I actually had a student from one of the islands honga in the south pacific and she's like i would love to have you come back and visit my family like one summer and i'm like i would love to do that and like that was yeah. like, the beauty of it because then people they're like wow you're interested in me like you're interested in getting to know who i am and i'm interested yeah. in getting to know you people just want to know that Others are curious about them and yeah. come from a place of curiosity and not judgment. And it just takes, it takes a little bit of 
you have to be humble. You have yeah. to be vulnerable. You have to admit to yourself, like, I said something wrong. I did mm-hmm. something wrong. I'm sorry. Can we start over? Can, right. can I just ask you some questions? And maybe my questions to me yeah. might sound dumb, but usually they're not dumb questions. They're just right. curious questions. Right. And ignorance doesn't necessarily mean hate. Right. You know, if, if we can distinguish that, I, I'm just because somebody's ignorant and they're assuming something. I used to do private duty and I did private duty on this Italian guy and he never met any black people. Mm-hmm. Sounds crazy, but he never had. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, oh, he goes, uh, do all you people like fried chicken? And I was like, here's something. No. But I'll tell you this, a lot of us do like fried stuff, regardless of what it is. You could fry a finger, we'd probably eat it. You know, what I mean? it's like we like fried food because that's what we were raised on, you know, mm-hmm. goes back generations on fried food. I said, but what about Italian people? Do they all like pasta? Mm-hmm. No. He said, no. Uh-uh, no. He goes, we grew up eating that because it was cheap and some of us were poor and, and it was an easy way to feed our family. So I got to know that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought, mm-hmm. hmm, okay. All these people like pasta, but that wasn't the case. The case was it got adapted because it was something cheap for their people to eat. So yeah, you do learn things when you ask questions. It's it's a great thing. And it can help people to grow. And like I said, living in that little small town, I learned a lot about Dutch because they're mm-hmm. Pennsylvania Dutch. And I, I got to know a lot of things like slangs, out in the light, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I think learning a lot, like you living in a small town can teach you a lot. I think often we think, oh, we're going to learn more if we're in a big city because it's super diverse. But the thing is, it doesn't challenge you when you're in a big city. I think do both in life, right? When you live in a big city, you are going to have exposure to a lot of different people and a lot of different cultures. So I think that will help your curious mind and then adapt to that. But it's not challenging. It's not challenging to live in a big city because it's just there. It's all around you. And it's very easy for there to be this mindset of just, or an assumption about living in a big city that we're all open-minded. Well, that's not true. Right. Whereas the assumption in a small town is we're all closed-minded and we don't know anything about culture. But when you live in a small town, it kind of forces you to look at yourself and look at other people. And you're like, well, I can't really like not have a conversation, right? There's yeah. only so many people or so many things to do here. Yeah. So it allows you to have those harder conversations with people in a small town. I think that's and you a, have the opportunity, other... the opportunity yeah. to ask questions. Yeah. yeah. As you, as, as opposed to being in a big city where you're afraid to ask questions. <laughs> so true. Yeah. What made you start the teacher's story? Tell me about that. So this podcast came out of conversations I was having with teachers. So the winter of 2022, I was in some online rooms like Facebook, and then I got kind of into LinkedIn. And it was a lot of pain and anger and frustration that teachers had during the pandemic, and many were leaving the profession. And it got me to think about my own journey and my own frustration that I had during the pandemic. It was not easy at all. I definitely did not have a difficult situation compared to others. So I wrote down my journey from why I went into teaching and teaching in Hawaii to teaching through a recession, couldn't get a job in a recession when I moved back to Pennsylvania to the pandemic. And I was just going to write a blog. And then I was listening to podcasts and I was like, 
I kind of like this form of media and I yeah. like the idea of storytelling. So I asked a couple friends that I knew close to me if they would sit down and then I could interview them about their journey, about why they went into teaching, what were their challenges, what were some of their great moments, what do they see in education today and what we can do in the future. And it was going to be this like, I don't know, two month project. I started Teacher Appreciation Week last May as a way to honor teachers and right. think I'll do this until the end of the school year. And then I just started meeting people from all over LinkedIn. And this will probably get into some of our conversations later about God and higher power, spirituality. Like I felt like people were coming to me. And at one point it was like, until I got organized, it was overwhelming. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, there's so yeah. many people who want to share it's their happening story. happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just to coming too. to me. And I'm like, well, okay. Like I, I had to always confront it and be like, I I'm here. Like, okay, God, I'm here. Like I I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm going to do this. And then I got into learning more about the technicality of podcasting and organizing my calendar and making like really good connections with people and weeding out the people that are like, I just want to be on a podcast. And I don't, know, I don't really know what your podcast is about, but I just want to be on one. To then people who genuinely have like a powerful story to share. And I'm now on season two. I've had 45 episodes. I plan on doing a season three and a season four. And then what I'd like yeah. to do is I like to take some of these stories with the guest permission and honoring them and putting it into a book that I would still just call the teacher story and make it like a whole anthology of these stories. I just think people should know about them. I think they're, yeah. I've met amazing, amazing teachers and not all traditional K through 12, some higher ed, some more like they're coaches that work with students, parents who were once in a teaching role, administrators that were once in a teaching role. And then I've also, on this season too, have met with students who are either in a teaching role now or in some kind of mentorship role. So ultimately see anyone as a teacher, you know, anyone who's there guiding or mentoring others and they have a story to share. And one goal I have for my next season is to hopefully it might not be the whole season, but I would like to interview indigenous teachers. So people from indigenous communities. And then again, they don't have to be in a traditional school role, but how they're maybe a mentor in their community. Definitely be different, right? Yeah, and we can learn a yeah. lot indigenous communities, right? They, yeah, sure. Especially in the time where we're talking about climate change and sustainability, like how they care for the land, how they care for their community, I think are valuable lessons that we can learn and bring into our own communities. Hello everyone. Before we get back to the Inspirational Wow Show, I want to take a moment and talk about China Myers' best-selling, gripping, heartfelt book titled A Letter to God. You can find this true life story on Amazon. Now, back to the Wow Show. Tell us about your teacher circle on LinkedIn. I want to know a little bit about that. So that came out of the podcast because I, oh, okay. inter I interviewed two guests that were one was an administrator, now is an educational consultant, and then one is a pre-K teacher. They were both on my show. We became good friends. We started meeting on Zoom and talking and said, you know, there are these spaces online for teachers who just 
want to leave the profession and are very frustrated and complaining about everything. Rightfully so. If you need those spaces, mm -hmm. I was in those before, but where's the space to support the ones still in it, right? Like right. where is the space to support the teachers that want to stay in the profession or other people who want to support that kind of work? So we created the teacher circle as a LinkedIn group to be a global community. So we have teachers from all over the world that are either in a current teaching role. We have a lot of students in college who are aspiring teachers. So I mm -hmm. love that. Then they wow. have already a group of support and yeah. mentors. We have a lot of people outside the profession who are just there because they want to learn about it. They're like, I want to learn yeah. about what teachers do and I want to yeah. support you. And yeah. we have almost 400 members now. And we started last August. That's so awesome. Yeah. The word is spreading. Yeah. Word is spreading. God knew what he was doing, didn't he? <laughs> he who, who he picked for it. He picked a good one. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Do you believe in God? Let's get started with that. <laughs> I do. I absolutely do. And it's come in waves. There's times where I wouldn't say I didn't, but I wasn't tapped in. I was born into... Catholicism and Christianity and going to church and went through communion and, and all of that. And then I would say college, 20s, young adult, I was not really tapped into my own connection to God, but always, always felt like there was a higher power. But were you Catholic? I, I mean, this doesn't matter, but were you Catholic or? Yeah, I was Catholic okay. growing up. But then okay. I moved away from Catholicism when I was a young adult. I think I just didn't like, I, for me at least, the, it was rigid. It was very formal. It was a lot like, you need to do this. You have to do that. And I kind of, it's funny. I kind of came back to it when I taught in the Catholic school after teaching in public school for so long, I came back to Pennsylvania area and then went to Delaware and I taught in Catholic school and I loved it. I really oh, did. Wow. I loved being in a school with religion. It doesn't matter what the religion is because I'm still yeah. in a religious school. I like being a part of something where it's about a higher power. Right. in the school system and having whatever your rituals are for service and community service and service to others and caring for one another. It's really special. So yeah, it's now I'm, I'm like probably much more into my faith and closer to God than I've ever been my whole entire life, which started last year. Yeah, that's great. Um, now, when did you realize that you wanted to have a relationship with God. When did you realize that? You said last year. You kind yeah, of answered I think, it. I think that's really the authentic moment. I would say if it was before 2022, I would have said, oh yeah, when I was a kid, but it was just something I was born and raised in. I think my own coming to God and even like Christ and like the sense of purpose really came in 2022 because from 2019, really starting 2018, but 2019 to 2021 was a time of great loss personally and just a sense of loss in my my own sense of way, like what was my purpose in the world. So my, my husband lost both of his parents two months apart in 2019. And then my dad went into open heart surgery, which was really difficult. We weren't sure how he was going to do afterwards. He's fine today. Oh, that's yeah. Glad to then, hear that. Thank you. And then the pandemic happened. And then it was like, yeah. we're closing down school. We don't know what's yeah. happening. I had a lot of students lose family members. 
And by the winter 2020, I was in a place where I didn't even know who I was anymore. Like I felt like a shell of a person and I felt I'm not usually a very like dark person. I've always been kind of like light and bubbly and optimistic and inspiring other people and have had that part of me since I was a kid. And I was in a place where I'm like, I don't even want to do that anymore. Like, I don't want to be a light anymore. I'm sick of being a light. I can't do it. I'm tired. I'm, I'm sad. I'm angry. I just, I just, I wouldn't say it was like suicidal ideation, but I remember laying in bed in the winter of 2020 into 2021 thinking, I just want to stop everything. And I want to be in like a coma state (laughs) for like, however long I need to be in it. And then I think I just went through the world like that through 2021. I also lost a couple best friends that were in my wedding. Not, they didn't pass away, but they like left me. Like literally like friendships just dissolved. And in this time now, I see it as that had to happen. It was a great gift for me because they were not the types of friendships I needed to be in anymore. And then I just had this bliss light something came to me in in January 2022 then things started to like kind of open up and it all started with one conversation with a friend had nothing to do with religion or God but it was someone reached out to me to take care of me and say I see something in you and I have just a little support for you and it was like a lifeline and I that that felt like God coming through like I'm here I'm here And I'm going to do this through a friend who then gave me a support system through a program that I was in, like a workshop to like do like internal work, which then was the connection to like spirit and God and all of that. It was like wild. It's funny how he does it, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't this like one singular moment, like God coming and speaking to me because I don't think maybe I wasn't open enough to accept it that way it had to be that's why he sent somebody else right so now that you're a believer what does that mean to you what does that mean i don't know if this is gonna sound funny but i feel like i've gained my best friend like it's i feel so much connection and love that i have i've never felt before like this deeply Like, obviously, I love my parents. I love my husband. I love, like, friends. I love my students. But this kind of connection is, like, I... It's different. It is unbelievable. Like, it's unconditional. It's always there. On the hardest days, I feel carried. I have gone through still difficult times, and I have felt protected. You're saying everything I feel. You got me crying here now. (laughs) It's been unbelievable. There was this moment where I was traveling. I was in Rome. I was doing a training for the trip I was going to take with my students to Germany. So it's like this international company that they do trainings for teachers. So it was an incredible experience. And I thought I set my alarm and I did not. And I almost missed my flight. And I would have been like stuck there by myself. And somehow I woke up naturally, like just (laughs) in enough time to get all my things together to get onto the shuttle to the airport. And yeah. it sounds, that sounds trivial, but in that moment, I was like, literally like, you are there, like protecting me. Like you wanted to make sure that I was okay and that I was gonna be able to make it home. And there's been times like that since. 
and now that your eyes are open, you can see those things, right? Yeah, you yeah. see so many, so many signs, yeah. so many connections. Like you have a conversation with someone and then you see a post on social media that has to do with that. And then you have another conversation that has to do with that. And there's like this, this web of connection. Like I now see so many people in my life and how we're connected and like this running theme of really being this like heart-centered place of really connecting with people and it's just I didn't see it that way like before all of this everything was about surface conversations surface relationships competition I was yeah. always very comparison with other people putting myself down not feeling good enough and now I feel really empowered not in an egocentric way like in a heart-centered right. way like I know I'm here for a reason and I also know I don't have to be perfect. Like it's right. just by having that connection doesn't mean that you fail sometimes as a human. Like we all do. But I have more gentle, like gentleness and grace with myself when I do feel like, oh, maybe I wasn't so kind in that conversation. Or maybe I got a little, a little impulsive in that, you know, thing that I was doing. Yeah. And it but comes it's to quicker. the forefront now. It's yeah. quicker. It's a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. A hundred percent. I had a problem up until probably a couple years ago. I, I don't like to hurt people. So I would tell a little white lie. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> you know, just to make them feel better. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I realized that any way you put it, it's still a lie. You know? Yeah. So I learned how to be honest, but be kind in that honesty. So it, it changed me. But mm -hmm. believing in God, like you said, you, you get a different perspective on things, don't you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see things different. I don't know. This sounds crazy, too. I kind of want to make him proud every day. Yeah. You know, and I fail sometimes. But yeah, I, I do. It's like, I got to change that behavior. Or like you said, modify things just to give him glory because I, I felt like I wasn't giving him glory by doing certain things, you yeah. know, or saying certain things, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to psychology too, because, you know, science and religion, science and faith go hand in hand, you know, and we have being in a, a in a religious school, we actually have a class where the science teacher and the theology teacher work together on a class because they do. It's like, I find life to be this beautiful unraveling, like figuring everything out. So scientists figuring everything out down to like the atom and everything. It's like figuring out the beauty of what God created, you know? And it's like, yeah. you bring that together. And so psychology is part of that, like figuring out the mind and why we think the way we think and why we behave the way we do is yeah. the beauty behind that work of God. And yeah. when you can stop yourself, and put vocabulary terms to what you are feeling or thinking, that's part of God's work too, yeah. you know? And it's like, you can stop yourself and think about it deeply. God wanted me to tell you something. Now this sounds crazy. And when I say this, it sounds crazy to me as well. But God wanted me to tell you to look up the Creation Museum. Okay. And I don't really know why, but he told me to tell you that. Yeah, okay. it's called the Creation Museum. I don't know I'll why. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you had a God moment yet? 
people say, oh, I had a God moment. But in that God moment, God usually reveals himself to you. I, I, for different people, it's different things. But have you had a God moment yet? So I was just, <laughs> I was just going to share this with you wow. before you asked that question. I was, so I was on this tr- Germany trip with my students and one of the, it was a history trip. It was a very emotional history trip because it was a World War II Cold War trip. And one of the places we visited was a concentration camp. We went to Dachau, which is in Southern Germany. We have two students on the trip that are Jewish. One of the students lost family members. I mean, she never knew them, but like great grandparents in Auschwitz. And going into that day, like the the day we were going to visit, I remember I was like asking God, like, I... I need to do this right. I need to do this day right. I need to have like the way I frame the trip. The morning on the bus, I would have conversations with my students. The way I am, they are supporting them. The way that we go into, we were going to do a meeting for worship, like on the bus afterwards. And I don't know, like it, I felt like I was channeling like God coming through because Again, this is not ego. The words coming out of my mouth to my students before and after visiting, like, I wish I recorded it. You're like, how did I do that? How did I do that? It was so eloquent. It was so pure, authentic. When we were done and we were sharing a meeting for worship, I was like, you know, crying, connecting with my students. And then this moment came out of me and that I told my students, So I do remember this, but I wish I recorded it. I said, you all picked this trip because they knew exactly what they were coming into. They knew the itinerary. I said, you all picked this trip because you are truth seekers. Not a lot of people could do what you did today. And it is really difficult, but you are here looking at truth. And this is what we need to tell to the world. You are going to go home, whoever you encounter, your friends at school, your family, people that you're going to meet decades from now and you will be able to tell them what you saw here today and that is the truth and that is power that's your power and i'm like i I don't even know where that came from yeah and it was like and i remember afterwards sitting down and i was kind of like trembling i was like something just moved through me like i don't even know Cause I usually get, I get nervous. Like it's funny, I'm a teacher and I do a podcast, but I get nervous with public speaking. And especially when I know I have something that's really going to be important and I don't want to mess it up. My heart starts pounding. I get nervous. Sometimes I'll choke up and I'll get like, I'll stutter a little bit. And none of that happened. Like I wasn't even like feeling nervous. It just was like this calm center. Yeah, and I know, I know what you're saying. I've <laughs> had it happen to me as well. I had a friend, she lost her daughter, suicide. Mm-hmm. The husband killed her, her daughter, and then killed himself. Oh, my God. I mean, horrific. Wow. And they left a son. He was like 15 years old. I mean, I, I get teared up just thinking about it. But at the funeral, and I knew the mom, and I knew the daughter. And at the funeral, I reached down to her and hugged her and I said something and I swear to goodness I don't remember what I said but it must have impacted her 
really, really hit home for her. And every time I seen her, she goes, China. And I want to ask her what I said, because I don't remember. And she says, China, I will never forget the words that you said to me. She goes, it helped me in, in my world, in my life. And I was able to go on. And I was like, man, I wish I could remember. But like yeah. you said, it was like God overcame me. Mm-hmm. And he just put those words out there. And I don't even remember saying them. Yeah. I remember reaching down and hugging her. And I whispered something in her ear. But I do not remember for the life of me what it was. Wow. And I wanted to like have dinner with her and ask her what I said. But life got crazy for me and I moved and yeah, so I never wow. got the chance. So I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that. It's like God will just take over, you know? Yeah. He he yeah. does it on this show all the time. It's like, did I say that? <laughs> when I hear it back, it's like, oh man, I don't I don't remember saying that. But yeah, he does it all the time with me. I've had so that. I, Yeah, I've had that happen on my show too. Like a couple conversations with people I'm very synced in with, where mm-hmm. I feel like we're like solely connected. Yeah. And there's like there was a moment, it was a episode last summer with a yeah. professor out in California. He's a communications professor. And he stopped. He just stopped in the middle of the interview and he's like, "I feel like I have something that's coming to me that I need to say right now." Oh. So he was being like, you know, channeled and yeah. he just stopped and he was like, I just need to thank all of the teachers. And like, he had this like beautiful message. And like, wow. as he's saying it, I was like on the verge of tears. I'm like, yeah, I could feel the synergy and connection yeah. and it was so pure. And then we just went right back into like whatever we were talking about in the conversation. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> I have I have two co-hosts. One is Deborah Lassiter and the other is Dr. Viril Williams. But I'll tell you something. When those two women talk, I swear to goodness God is just speaking through them because mm-hmm. the things that they come out with and it's like, wow. I mean, like you said, it's like where did that come from? You know, I'll be saying it to myself. you know how they're going through their interview and talking to the guest and and what they're saying it's like man god has got to be going through them so i i know exactly what you're saying and he does it all the time with me with things and people and everything so it's like it's amazing right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah how do you fit god into your daily life you know because life is so busy you know There's so much to do and it's just not enough time in the day, mm-hmm. you know. Yesterday I brought my husband his breakfast and his coffee and I was like, "Oh, I I put it down." And he, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay. It's just I have so many things to do." And it's like we're watching the Jody Arias trial, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm rushing around so I can go watch the Jody Arias trial. <laughs> you know, but there's so there's so many things to do. Yeah, not enough time in the day. a little like a ritual morning ritual and I feel like it's not enough time but so something I can do is I was working with a holistic life coach yeah. for four months just to like have more balance in my life and work on some things health and health, wellness health okay she told me to download this app called insight timer 
and it's a meditation app. And I, I picked, I picked the angelic music because I like that, and it sounded like very yeah. kind of spiritual. And then I set it for, I guess I set it for twelve twelve because like on December twelfth they're like, oh, twelve twelve is like this like angel number, right? This portal. So I set the meditation for twelve minutes and twelve seconds, and. In the shower, I listen to it and then I just do kind of my like daily kind of gratitude prayer and I connect with God and I always like, I thank, you know, God and Jesus and my spirit guides and like my angels, like for everything. And I go through very specific, like what I want to thank and then whatever I need guidance for. So like before going on this trip, I have, I'm like, please watch over us, please protect us. You know, I want to just, ultimately, I just want everyone to be safe, right? And the trip was, again, very, very smooth. Nothing like major went wrong at all. So mm-hmm. I felt protected. And so I yeah. do that every morning. Wow. It's okay. 12 minutes, 12 seconds, or, you know, 10 minutes. You could do it for five minutes. And I just feel like at least I have some way to start my day. And that was really the guidance of my holistic life coach for doing that, setting the intention every morning. Mm-hmm. But I find that it's the the days that are super busy where I feel that disconnect. I try to at least make up for it when I know maybe I have a little bit of downtime on a weekend to do some, for me, nature is like my church. So like walking in like nature, going on a trail walk or going outside, even just spending a little time outside and like not doing anything and slowing down Yeah, and paying attention, even if it's for a few minutes, because it's very easy to lose that connection too. And so I think slowing down, you might not be able to do it every day, but trying to, to do that. But yeah, the morning time and taking a shower or having to get ready in the morning is a quick, easy way to kind of still have that connection and start the day that way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of helped. Yeah. Good advice. Really good advice. So what would you say to someone who has lost their connection to God and wants to rekindle it. What what would you say to them? I would say you're not alone. It happened to me. It happens to everyone. So don't feel like you're, you know, a lost person. No one no one is lost. Your soul knows exactly where you're supposed to be. And it may not happen overnight, right? It may not be like, oh well, I just go to a church service or whatnot. But I think for me, what was something a place where I started was meditation so again everyone has their different way of doing it but just like again sitting and being quiet Mm -hmm. and just setting an intention of even like how do I want to feel right now do I want peace do I want flow do I want love you know what is that feeling and over time it's like I don't know I don't want to say spirituality is like an exercise but it's kind of like a muscle so the Mm -hmm. more you do it Mm -hmm. that gateway or portal opens up and more comes to you. So I've had times in meditation where like my past, their in-law comes through and I like start crying because I literally feel her presence with me. And so often my first kind of like open gateway to, you know, spirit is my past loved ones. So a past loved one coming through and feeling that presence and feeling that love and just really kind of maybe seeing like trying to visualize in my mind's eye her face. Mm-hmm. And with that, 
then I think about her presence and then like I feel it and then it's like it comes to me so it takes time it's not something that's I don't think everyone has like a singular moment I was talking to someone the other day where they're like it comes through them like in audio like they can hear like god or hear spirit i'm like i don't i actually don't hear anything it's for me it's like a really big emotion that i feel and a very overwhelming emotion and when i have tears that come to me through absolute love and joy like i feel this like warmth and joy and love in my body and that's how it comes through to me but i don't hear anything and so sometimes it could be hard because you're like i think people think that they're going to hear something like they're going to mm-hmm. hear a voice going I am here yeah, I am yeah. God, or I am Jesus or I'm your loved one and I'm here and I'm like it's not like that for a lot of people like that's actually yeah. not that common it's like a people think you're going to hear like that Charlton Heston voice or something yeah. <laughs> or Tom Cruise voice we are here now <laughs> exactly like you think it's going to be that clean cut and simple yeah. and like then you just yeah. know and I'm like it's not and like I was explaining earlier like mine started with a friend and then went into like a program and then went into then I listened to a podcast that had a spiritual person and then led me to a book that I was reading about you know Jesus again and like mine was this whole like maze that I went through and then the more I practice the meditation and the more I practice connecting with God it's like it becomes more clear so it's different for everyone but it's first like be okay with not having it. Like be okay that you are, you're not the only one that lost that connection. Cause we all had it. I, I believe we all have it when we we're born into this world. Like you have it, you are a soul, you are connected. And then the world messes it all up and makes yeah, it really yeah. thing. And then well, you, you can't to- hear it anymore. Right. Cause it's so loud and busy. And so just, even if it's the little bit, of time you can take to be quiet and sit in silence or just sit in nature or whatever fills you up. I feel like whatever gives you joy, like that's usually where you can find it too. So like for me, it's nature. For me, it's being with my dogs. You know, it's like having great conversations with people. Like I've had that gone connection coming through. Like we've talked about in these conversations on the podcast. Like I feel like the podcast is something I felt like this was meant to happen because it's not just about the podcast and putting it out there. Like it's genuinely the people that I'm meeting and having these conversations and then God comes through in that way. So it takes time and don't, don't let yourself down and be frustrated that you're like, why is it not coming through? Or why don't I feel this connection? It's going to be, sometimes it's going to be a very arduous journey. And I think it's also like when you're going through those difficult times, what is that strength that's still there? That that little bit of strength that you have that's like, I'm still moving one foot in front of the other. That's God. You know, like that's, you're being guided. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're definitely guiding. I know for me, if someone would say, why? Why do you have this faith? Why, why do you feel this way? Well, my answer is because I don't want to feel the way I felt before God. Yeah. <laughs> You know, before I gathered and connected with him more and got to know him better, I I don't want to feel that way, the way I felt before him, you know, because that that wasn't a good feeling. I'm sorry, just being honest. But now I tell people all the time, it's not like you're not going to have trials and tribulations. That's not it. How you're going to approach them makes a difference, you know, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make us perfect. 
I tell people that all the time. Man, sometimes if you heard me yelling and screaming, you'd be like, what? She believes in God? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, it doesn't make me perfect, you know, but I could try to better myself every day, which, you know, we're all works of art, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's something that we have to work on to be better people. And like I said, to make God proud, that's, that's why I do it. That's why, you know, every day I try to wake up and do a little better, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie, so much. You were such a great guest. I appreciate you coming on. And I love what you had to say. I hope my audience loves you. I know they will because you're great. You really are. The things you're doing and you're empowering people and you're empowering your students. And man, like I said, God said about Creation Museum and he said you should work there. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this, China. You're just wonderful. I felt so, I don't know, like this was a really natural connection. And this is the first time we've, you know, met, you know, we've just talked uh, online and I felt this was like really pure. So I know. I felt like I've known you my whole life. It's crazy. (laughs) Me too. That's how I feel with you. I don't know. Now I have, now I have to meet you in person. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much, Jackie. Have a great day. Wow, that was a great show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Well, this is The Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers. Thank you for being here. And I want to say thank you. I was lost and you found me. I was dead inside and you breathed into me and you brought these bones alive. I want to say thank you, thank you for saving me, thank you for loving me unconditionally, God, you stood with open arms.